This is 2 Corinthians 1, 1 through 11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and, we will, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. All right, church, I want to um, introduce you to Nick Davis. He is our guest preacher today, and he's going to come and bring us the word this morning. Nick, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Well, good morning. Uh, that's a resounding good morning. Everyone's awake. That's unusual for a morning. Um, no, uh, good morning. Uh, I'm Nick, as Chad just introduced. Um, it's my first time here, so I'm a visitor. Um, I'm a guest, so if you're a guest here, um, I'm welcoming you as you welcome me, first time. Um, but uh, it's great to, to be here this morning with you. Um, I live in North County, uh, so like Escondido, San Marcos area, and so I'm not down in this area that often, but this weekend I feel like I've been here all weekend because I went to a Padres game yesterday, um, which yesterday was the one where we lost, right? Sorry, um, <laughs> but uh, there's another one tonight, right? So um, who knows? Maybe they'll win. I don't know. Um, don't say it. That's why I said maybe. Just don't know. <laughs> Leave it to the Lord. So, um, anyways, it's great to be here with you. Um, and I uh, wish my kids were here. Uh, that's why I was sitting in the kids section. I didn't even realize it, apparently. Um, and then I f was told, did you know that you're in the kids section? I'm like, no, but I identify as a child. So, um, here we are. <laughs> anyways, um, anyway, good, to, good to finally uh, visit this church, though. Um, Omar's been a friend for uh, a while since uh, they, they relocated and moved here. Um, and uh, known Doug and Lois Swaggerty, and a number of you probably 
are familiar with them and um, such beautiful, wonderful people. And they've always had great things to say about this congregation. And so it's a, it's a great privilege to just be able to worship with you this morning and open up God's word. So uh, we're in 2 Corinthians. Um, I apologize if you've been in it. I did not have time to like look up and see if this is where you guys are at. So you guys are not in 2 Corinthians, right? Just making sure. Okay, good. Sweet. It's always really awkward. It's like, oh yeah, our pastor actually just shared about that last week. You know, thanks. Um, so glad it's glad it's not it's not uh, uh, redundant. So um, the phrase that I want to talk about for a second though is uh, just be true to yourself. You ever heard just be true to yourself? Um, it's uh, just be true to yourself. Kind of sums up. Uh, the message of like every Disney movie I've ever watched, you know, just be true to yourself. Um, and it actually kind of comes from Shakespeare, um, where in a play he said, to thine own self be true, um, spoken by King Claudius. And before that, in ancient times, in classical antiquity, um, one of the high priestesses known as the Oracle of Delphi, I'm just geeking out for a second, I won't this whole time, don't worry. Um, but he uh, this oracle put it like this, know thyself. And so in these ancient times, one of the, the worst uh, uh, things to do is to not know yourself. And like ancient times, is my mic still on? Just making sure. Yes, good. Okay. Um, one of the worst cultural sins we can uh, commit right now is to not be true to ourselves, right? To be inauthentic. Uh, to not be true to yourself is to lose yourself. And so a person who's found themselves is one who's true to themselves, whatever that looks like, it's all left up to the individual. Um, one of the ways that we see this played out and why I'm bringing this up is uh, in our lives, uh, when we're going through a hard time or when someone we know is going through a difficult moment, um, we can think of cancer, we can think of uh, divorce, we can think of a sick child, we can think of job loss, we can think of a church closing, we can think of just mounds and mounds of stress, which is something we all have at different times in life. Um, and there's a lie that we either tell ourselves or that we tell other people when we're going through a hard time. And I wanna talk about that lie this morning um, from this passage, actually. It's a total lie. Um, so I wanna talk openly about it, this lie that we believe. And, uh, and then I want to hear and, and share uh, the truth that we refuse to believe. So if you like points, those are my two points this morning. If you hate points, just ignore that. Um, it's all good. If you like the Dodgers, if you like the Padres, right? It's all good, right? Oh. It's not good. It's not good. Shouldn't have gone there. Shouldn't have gone there. Uh, the lie we tell ourselves, though. Okay. Let's, let's refocus. Sorry, I, I like squirrel, you know, just off topic. Um, there's this lie that we tell ourselves. And uh, what's that lie that we tell ourselves? Well, it's captured. I mentioned Disney already. I'm just picking on Disney. It's nothing against Disney, really, honestly. Um, it just came to mind when I was thinking about this. But um, the message of Disney or, or whatever, right, Netflix, uh, would, would have us be counselors who tell other people who are experiencing difficult times well, if you just, you know, believe, if you just believe in yourself, you put enough faith in yourself, right, or uh, discover who you really are meant to be, right, or you change who you want to be, or you'll overcome, you'll finally get through that moment, you know, just you have to believe. 
You ever heard that message, right, from a movie? Of course, right? It's like every movie or you go to SeaWorld and it's the Believe show, right? <laughs> or it used to be. I don't know if it's still there. It's been a while since I've been to SeaWorld, but uh, they used to have this show with Shamu. Um, and uh, how this sounds around religious people, like in a religious bubble, maybe a church, uh, the, the lie sounds like this. So this is no longer Disney. This is now what you hear from somebody who's religious might say to you, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. Ever heard that one? Very similar to that message of Disney and other things. It's the lie that we tell ourselves over and over. Well, God will never give you more than you can handle. Um, and I think many of us have heard this before. Maybe we've shared this before with someone because we didn't know what words to use. And I'm not dogging on you for it. Like sometimes it's hard. Somebody's going through a hard time. You want to say something rather than nothing. So you say that. <sighs> But let's look at what scripture has to say about this thought, right? God will never give you more than you can handle. Um, the letter that Paul sent to the churches in Corinth and Acacia, um, this, this letter was written at a time when the apostle Paul, um, who's planter of this church uh, and these churches, essentially, uh, his relationship with them was very strained, right? It was under a lot of stress, tension. Uh, there are adversaries and intruders who have come along to discredit the Apostle Paul. Um, and uh, the people in the churches are actually questioning, right, is Paul, who lives in weakness, really someone who has the very power and the authority of Jesus Christ? They're wondering that because, you know, in the letters, he sounds like somebody uh, different than who he is in person. And it doesn't seem to match up to them. Um, and the critics, you know, who are, who are sharing things about Paul, they're, they're beginning to agree with those critics. Um, when they looked at who was sharing these lies, they, they saw powerful people, credible people. They saw success. And all of their interactions with Paul were very weak. He wasn't a powerful, credible, or successful person in their opinion. Their eyes still believed the message God will never give you more than you can handle. And so he writes, and I'm just going to reread this. It was a beautiful reading, scripture reading, by the way. Is it Dana? Thank you for reading this morning. Um, wow. Dana sounds like Bill. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Now, I wanted to reread that because um, do, do you notice how many times there are words that uh, are unfamiliar to us in this passage? He says two words that are basically non-existent in our regular daily chatter as people, um, especially in beautiful SoCal, right? Um, what are those two words? I mean, did anybody want to 
maybe take a guess. Suffering, what's the other one? Affliction, absolutely, right? Those, are, those don't really go in our, our daily dictionary very often. Until stuff hits the fan, then yeah. When we meet somebody, right, um, we ask, you know, how are you? And usually it's, I'm good, I'm fine, you know. Even if you've had the worst day of your life, right? Like your life is a train wreck and you're just, oh yeah, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Yep, moving on, you know. Sunday morning comes along and you see somebody and you had a terrible week. It's, how was your week? It was good, right? Just not suffering, not affliction, right? We automatically go with, you know, it's great. Everything's peachy. It's awesome. Best life ever. Um, it's like the Lego movie. Kids see the Lego movie, the very first one anyways. What is it? Everything is awesome. I love the second movie personally because everything is not awesome. <laughs> it's actually like the theme song that's super annoying. Like, yeah, everything's not awesome. But then it's like some things are awesome, some things are not, right? It's a little bit of both, but okay. I deter, I digress, I squirrel again, sorry. Um, these words that Paul says are uncomfortable, though. Um, words uh, like success and strength and power are the kind of words the kind of categories that we gravitate towards, not suffering, not affliction. That's my point. Um, there's this insatiable desire that we have to impress others, right, to put our best foot forward, um, to appear like everything is put together and great when things are not. And so Paul, he keeps using these words, affliction. He says suffering. This is how deeply seated that the lie that we uh, tell ourselves is that we need Paul to emphasize this repeatedly to break us free, right? To see that these categories of suffering and affliction are part of our lives, whether we want it or not. But we have to accept that. The best word that I can think of to capture Paul's emphasis of affliction and suffering here, the sense of affliction that he's talking about describing is this word that uh, at the beginning of our little huddle, uh, which uh, now it's awkward just to talk about it, but they asked me like, what's one word, you know? And I was like, pressure. Um, the reason I said that, just for those that were there, the reason I said pressure is um, this is the, 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 the concept that comes to mind for me when, when I think of what Paul's talking about here, right? It's this sense of pressure when we are completely overwhelmed, right? Beyond our capacity, we're completely exhausted. We are completely pushed to the limit. Um, have you ever been there before, right? Maybe you've had a work deadline or you have just a, maybe you're a student and you have a lot of tests and projects and things due um, or just life, man. You just have so many things, so many responsibilities, multiple jobs, feeding the kids, putting, you know, everything. It just stacks up. Um, and you've been asked to do too much too soon with way too little time. And so you just feel the weight of it all and that pressure just begins to build up and build up and build up and you're overwhelmed. And then more gets piled on. So I bring up pressure uh, in 1981, if you're a music fan, Queen and David Bowie, right? Struck, yeah, David Bowie, that's it. Struck a chord with their hit song, what? Under, 
Pressure, right. It's great. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Not Ice Ice Baby, by the way, which is, it came later. I always sometimes get those two confused. Okay, squirrels, get out of here. Um, but everybody knows this song, Under Pressure, okay? Um, you cue the hi-hat. There's this bass line that I just mentioned, right? The piano, percussion, and then cymbals, clapping hands, snapping your fingers, right? Electric guitar comes in, and then there's that unforgettable voice saying these words, pressure, pressing down on me, pressing down on you, no man asked for. Under pressure that brings a building down, splits a family in two, puts people on streets. Golly, these lyrics are real, right? They are real. And as the song ends, yes, yes, this is our dance. Yes, this is ourselves. This is the human experience that um, these artists capture in this song. It resonates deeply. It resounds in our hearts. It is the human experience. They put this common feeling to music of what it feels like to be stressed out and burdened by someone or something and burnt out. You know how this feels. I mean, everybody, if you don't, you're going to know how it feels at some point. I'm sorry. It's just, (laughs) that's the thing about it being a human experience is like, if you're human, like you're going to experience it at some point. You're going to come to that breaking point. It just takes the right number of circumstances, and then any one of us is there, right? Nobody is immune if you're a human being under pressure. And that's because everybody's human. But we keep buying into this lie that I'm talking about. We'll, we ignore crucial facts about our lives. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. I'm fine. Right? We ignore certain things. We, we, we shove it aside, hoping that pressure will go away. The suffering, the affliction will just be shoved aside. To avoid the uncomfortable truth, which is the truth that we refuse to believe. Well, what's that truth? I, I don't want you to be unaware of this truth because this truth will set you free from whatever affliction or suffering you're encountering in your life today or tomorrow. And this truth is totally hard to believe. But it's freeing when we believe it. So the truth is this. God will absolutely, 100% positively give you more than you can handle. He will. God will give you more than you can bear. Let's look again at verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers of the affliction we experienced in Asia. This is Paul's words, not mine. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we, what? Despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. That is some serious pressure, yeah? Holy moly. Now, we don't know what conditions Paul was under, right, to experience what he experienced and what he's sharing. We don't know all the details. Commentators argue endlessly about it. Uh, But you can summarize the options as this. Maybe uh, some say it was a mental illness that Paul had. Um, Others say it was an illness that was terminal, like a terminal diagnosis, basically, right? He thought he was going to actually die, and then it turned around and he ended up not dying. 
Um, others might say he was facing intense persecution and was beaten and imprisoned, which we, of course, know was Paul's life, right? Shipwrecked how many times and all this other stuff, right? Running for his life. But right, the specifics don't really matter here. Uh, if they did, I think Paul would have clearly outlined what it was. But I think he's being vague here because he wants us to see that it's kind of all of the above. It's this all-inclusive thing of this is basically, this can happen to anyone who's a human being. This can happen to you. This happens to me, right? Like that, it's that kind of thing. Not just an apostle experiences this, but anybody. And so we can identify with what he shares, right? So utterly burdened beyond our strength, he says, despaired of life itself. We had received, we felt we received the sentence of death. Like I, I can relate to that. There have been times I can totally relate. Paul, yep. So whatever circumstances Paul was facing, it had pushed him over the edge. He was beyond his own resources, beyond his own ability. It was bigger than he could handle, much bigger. So does God give us what we can handle? No, right? Like very clearly, like, sorry, despaired of life itself. It was burdened beyond our strength. Very clearly, God gives us more than we can handle. Um, I want to share something really quick that's um, it's hard to share. Uh, it's a socially unacceptable thing to talk about. But uh, a pastor I once met, uh, his mentor, his friend, uh, took his own life. And he, uh, super, yeah. But here's the thing. You know, when we think of this as a, like a pastor ended his life, usually, you know, you think like, oh, um, well, it happened because maybe, like, his ministry tanked, he was in an affair or something. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's why, right? We think of, like, failures as the reason. This guy actually ended his life not because of too much failure, but because of too much success. He was planning churches. The church was building a new building. He was a great speaker, order. He was great at counseling people. People loved him. You see, when we refuse to believe the truth that God will give us more than we can handle, sometimes we believe the lie and we believe the lie that we're out of options. We think there's no place to turn. We think that we're alone in our pain, that nobody can relate, that nobody will understand, nobody will feel what we feel, and that is the lie. Don't believe that. Don't believe it. You're not alone. The truth is there is help. There are people who will listen. And there's a God not just up above, but a God who came down below, right, in Jesus to give hope and freedom, comfort even in your pain, in your affliction, in your pressure. God's plan for your suffering, the Bible says, is redemption no matter how hard, how bad it's been. That's the resounding message across scripture. It's hopeful. Some of the uh, more than I can handles, uh, just to get personal here, that I've experienced um, lately uh, are uh, over the summer, uh, a friend of uh, 
faithful congregant that I had, um, he died just suddenly, just didn't wake up in the morning. Um, actually, just two weeks ago, I lost another friend uh, who just celebrated his 40th birthday. Um, leaves behind two beautiful kids and a wife, you know. And, um, also over the summer, uh, one of our dogs, we had two dogs, and in like a freak accident on a Sunday morning, like right before church started, we get a phone call from uh, our neighbors, and uh, they told us, by the way, your dog, uh, your dog died. Um, and it was like a freak accident with our two dogs. They kind of were playing, wrestling, and he ended up strangling himself to death. Just total freak accident. There's just some of the things, right, that, that had happened recently. Um, and, uh, and even around that time, right, we were dealing with some news of our, our nephew who his cancer came back at two. <laughs> like, golly, so many things, right? Um, those are some of my more than I can handles, right? Uh, these things are hard. They're difficult. And you might be thinking, as you might, you should be, right? Well, why? Why would God give us uh, more than we can handle? Why would God do that? Right? There's that, like, existential burning question. If God's good, why would he do such things to us? Why would I have to go through such hell in this life? Is, isn't God supposed to be loving? Doesn't he care? Why do I have to endure any affliction at all? Well, I think from our passage, God's purpose in, my name tag fell, <laughs> nice, I'm Nick. Um, God's purpose in giving you more than you can handle is so that you would stop relying on yourself and you would lean trust in him. That is why, right? So yes, God actually does want us to come to the end of our rope, not so we would be strangled by it. That's to believe the lie, the lie of the devil, the evil one. But here's the truth, right? Don't refuse to believe it any longer. God wants you to trust in him. God wants you to rest in him. God wants you to believe in the promises that he has made to you. I love that song during the confession, of, after the confession of sin. Beautiful, just I kept listening to it over and over. The assurance you have in Christ Jesus, nothing can separate you, nothing. So look with me at the second part of verse nine. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. Paul says, on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So suffering and the unfair circumstances, they can and will happen to you at some point. Maybe hard things have already happened. Maybe they've been happening. Your life's a dumpster fire. Maybe that's going on right now. And when you're in it, it's always a crucible. It always, it sucks. It's hard. And there are two ways that we can respond to suffering. The first way is we can keep trusting in ourselves. Believe in yourself, right? Dig deeper, believe in yourself, right? The message of Disney. We can keep doing that, right? Which that path will only lead us to more despair because we just can't take it. 
and relational breakdown and bitterness. Because when the pressure's there, who can stand it, right? No one actually can. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. Uh, The other way we could respond to suffering is to cast our cares onto the one who does care for us, even in our suffering. The one who cared so much for us that he sent his son to endure the worst kind of divine affliction a human being could ever handle. So we wouldn't have to bear that kind of affliction. Talking about Jesus, I'm talking about the cross, the gospel of Christ crucified for suffering sinners, for sinners and sufferers. The pressure you're under doesn't have to end badly. Paul's offering us not just a a way out, but a way through suffering that leads us to encouragement and comfort and hope. God's not going to keep you free from all suffering, right? When you become a Christian, that's not what he does, right? But he is more than able to carry you through the pain. When you face pressure, God wants you to come to him and dive deeper into your church family. Dive deeper into community with others who suffer too. To share, to open up, to invest, to celebrate with this God, not defeat, but victory. Victory through the one who suffered for us, yes, but who was also raised for us. We just had Easter, right, recently? Christ is what? Risen. He's risen indeed. God allows for us to be put under pressure so we will learn and we will relearn how to trust in the one who has power over death. The one who's killed death, who slayed it, and he offers you the one who bore more than you can handle for you. That's Jesus. Trust in him. Sounds easy. It's hard. But God's got it. Would you pray with me? Father, help us to um, stop trying to hide our suffering, our pain, uh, avoiding the pain, uh, avoiding the appearance of suffering. Help us, Lord, to be more authentic. Help us to rely on you so that you would carry us through uh, the moments of deep pressure we experience and the moments of deep pain we have, the moments we see others going through, that we would come alongside and share in that affliction with them, looking to you to ease the burden, not trusting in ourselves, trusting in you. Father, help us to no longer believe the lie, but to receive the truth. We pray that that truth will set us free. In Christ's name we pray, amen.